0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Despite only being six games into the season at the beginning of the week, the Flyers found themselves at an inflection point. Is the team we watched last season still here, or is this the new normal? We still haven't seen the Flyers best, yet the boys were able to sweep both the New Jersey Devils and the Islanders to improve to 7-2-1. The question is, should fans feel good about it? Giroux.
0: Giroux
2: holding, yeah! Woo! Woo!
1: I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and i like to file a complaint to the NHL Gritty was not able to throw his oversized hat onto the rink for uh, Farabee's hat trick. I'm very upset. Uh, reach my uh, my agent for uh, for comment, please.
2: I'm Matt Arenick, and I've never more, felt more conflicted about a 7-2-1 and one Flyers team in my entire life, but I do know one thing. The Braun-Hague pair is not it. That's a big truth right there,
0: a big T-truth to start the season. Uh, I'm Mike Suissa, and I can't wait to dig my car out tomorrow morning. Staying away from the Flyers until the actual pot. How about that? There you go. There you go.
1: Well, look, before we get into these uh, this weekend's games, football fans, the moment you guys have been waiting for, it's right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to enter is go to DraftKings Free Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Once you submit the picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. That's not all, though. If you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, boom, bang, pow, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big uh, big paydays. Pretty, pretty good. Um, Download the DraftKings app now. Use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at draftkings the official daily fantasy partner of super bowl 55's term conditions and eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details all right now that we got out of the uh, we went over the uh, the draftkings offer boys let's get into the islanders um, wh- what did you think of these games that we just had you know obviously back to back saturday and sunday they they swept both games uh, took overtime both times. Both Scotty Lawton and Kevin Hayes had the winners. Um, and it seems like the Flyers continue to win games that they probably shouldn't. Uh, we also should touch on that TK took a seat for one of those games and, and big Sam Moran drew into the lineup. Uh, what were your guys' biggest takeaways from uh, the first meeting with the Islanders?
2: Mike, take us away.
0: Uh, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, All right. first things first, I'm, I'm going to be – I'm going to try to be positive here. They're on a four-game win streak right now. Like, that's pretty good, right? I think we can all say, regardless of of process right now, four-game win streak, seven, what is it, seven-two-and-two? Seven-two-and-one. Pretty good start after ten games. How they got there, that's a different story. Um, But I do think that this series will go, hopefully, a long way. In building something I, I think if not that first game against the islanders because you know they played one good period and then basically just got run around <laughs> in, in the last two um but then you know in that first game the islanders maybe they shouldn't have played for a tie uh in overtime or played for the shootout in overtime at least they were they were very deliberate but anyway that that second game i really thought that they were i really thought they were genuinely the better team tonight and i thought that they looked good i thought that they looked like their forecheck was engaged all night they had multiple stretches of play where they were actually like moving the puck along the wall in the zone they were getting shots a lot of their shots came from in the crease tonight and in the slot which is encouraging they put up four goals on the night three in regulation um at even strength too well three goals at even strength sorry um and i thought at even strength they were the the better team and that the you know Advanced stats show that. The feel of the game, in my opinion, kind of showed that too. Or at least it felt that way. And tonight, yeah, it sucked. Blowing a two-goal lead in the third period. I, they can't keep doing that. They did that a lot last year uh, early on with AV. Before they finally got it figured out. So they, they can't keep doing that. But it came on like a deflection and then a breakdown. One breakdown in the zone. So I thought they were the better team tonight. If, if this is something they can build on then
2: you know I, i'm here for it so that's yeah. that's kind of, that's my overall take as long as these refs don't ref another game for us the entire <laughs> the entire season i think we're good because we haven't even touched on bad refereeing so far this season the reason for that is the fact that we have looked so bad and we're not about to use that as an excuse but tonight mm-hmm. was it borderline illegal like you would have, they they must have had the money line for the Islanders or something like, I don't, I just don't understand what I watched, but besides the point, like you said, sticking with the positives, a lot of their goals this year have been extremely nice. I mean, obviously the power play goals from JVR have been deflections, but I mean, that's just a, that's just how you do it on the power play sometimes. I mean, it's the best power plays so they score a lot of goals that way, keeping it simple. But outside of that, I mean, we've been seeing given goes left and right. Islanders, for first two goals in the Islanders game in the first game, give and goes. Um, I mean, the, the second Farabee goal, give and go with JVR, who's had an unbelievable start to the season, which is always nice to see. And then Farabee, obviously the hat trick. I mean, he, after that big first game, he kind of slowed down a bit, um, had a point last game, I believe, and then followed it up with three more goals tonight. So good to see him get back on the score sheet in a big way and some absolute snipes, some absolute lasers. So yeah, that that's that is nice to see. Um, trying to think what other positives we'd see. I mean, I, I I do believe to an extent the infusion of ghost has had a positive impact on the team, especially with the the v pair. Now that's not to say he hasn't had some brutal turnovers that have been painful to watch, but at the same time. If you're asking me, ghost over Eric Gustafson every day of the week. So, and then Kevin Hayes. I mean, that's a guy who I know a lot of a lot of fan bases like to kind of make fun of us for. Over a point per game, he's been far and away the most clutch player on this team since Havy has taken over. When it comes to overtime winners, just game-winning goals in general. So, like Mike said, I mean, some. The second game was definitely a better game than the first. We deserve to win that one, in my opinion. Um, a step in the right direction. I mean, can't can't be mad with four wins, but st- there's still a lot of work to do. That's for that's for damn sure.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's funny. This this team reminds me a lot of me in math class in high school. <laughs> the teacher would be like, "What, Joe? Like you, you got the right answer." For- No, seriously, like I would get the right answer and they'd be looking at my work and they're like, wait, this, no, like you can't, how did you get here? And I'm like, I don't know, but I got here. Does it really matter if I get the right answer at the end of the day? And most people would say yes. And I I would (laughs) lean towards yes for, for long-term success. Yes. Um, That's why, you know, I'm, I'm not a mathematician. Um, But this team, I I was so excited with that first period um, for the game one. They looked so good. They looked like. I don't know, they kinda of reminded me of the team of, of last year. Um yeah. they were skating really hard, they were they were up on their toes, great for checking. Um they clearly got AV's message for the first period, and then the second, third of period, not so much. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um they still got the wins. Uh, I wanna say we should touch on um the TK benching real quick. Yeah. Um uh, none of us were like super thrilled about it, but we all agreed that, you know, if it's one game, you know, okay, fine. Uh, and, and clearly it lit a fire under them for at least that first period. Um, and, and the goals are very pretty that they're scoring, uh, especially in that first game. I mean, there were some sweet passes. Um, and even the second game, there have been some some absolute snipes. Um, but uh, here's my, my quick tip to the Flyers. I'm going to throw you guys over to the TK thing in a second. But uh, quick tip, don't take a penalty in the first 20 seconds of a game because that's one hell of a way to to lose complete – or not even – you're just starting off in, in the negative in terms of momentum, in terms of shots, everything. I feel like this is a constant with this team where they take a penalty two minutes into the game and then they get shelled for four minutes. They have no momentum. They can't exit the zone. Um, and it's just – it's very frustrating to watch. And you commented on the refs, Matt. Uh, usually I, 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 I'm like you guys. I don't really tend to, to go to the refs too much. And honestly, even tonight, like, they were calling a consistent game. Like, they were calling a lot of stuff, man. A lot of hooks, a lot of holds, especially in the offensive zone. Just stop it. If you know they're going to call a tighter game, don't be doing stuff that might get called. I, I
2: don't understand. Problem, it's frustrating. The problem is, though, when when you have Brock Nelson cross-checking Scott Lawton in the face. In the head, yes. You have Nolan Patrick. Being driven face first into the boards, you have Oscar Lindblom, where the puck's not even in on the same side of the the ice.
1: The Oscar one, I cannot believe they just let he's, that go. He's
2: on the ground and the dude cross checks him in like the neck head area. No, not a puck there. And then at the end of the game, Jake Vorchek you would have thought he was getting javelin at the end of
1: regulation. Yeah, at the, end
2: of, at the end of regulation, he got javelin like speared by eighteen different players at the same time, and the guys are sitting there with their thumb, you know where? It's just
0: yeah. like. Meanwhile, Barzal shoots down the wing, and a guy looks at him the wrong way, and the refs, every ref in the ring, he does. Arm he gets off a, off a lot of calls,
1: time. man. For for a young guy, <laughs> he seems to get a lot of calls. Um It's pretty. I feel like the NHL. Is a lot like the NBA where, you know, the, the more you're in the league, the more calls you're going to get. But he's getting calls left and right. Uh, I mean, it's 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 I mean, good for him. Uh, it's pretty rare to get that as a young player. But um, let's go to the TK benching. Let, let's get your guys' thoughts on I mean, it. Like I said, it was for one game for me. I was excited to see Sam Moran. Now, I'll say this. It oh, defeats God. the purpose of using him if you only put him in for five minutes of ice time. Um, you might as well just, just – Go with someone else.
0: Yeah, I um, mean that that's the that to me pretty much proves that it was solely a decision to wake TK up though, right? Because I guess if if the plan was if it was like twofold, one, yeah, because this is what a lot of fans worried about. They were like, oh no, this is A. V wanting more physicality in his lineup, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And like, if that was the case, then they would have played Sam Moran more than five minutes. But the fact that they made it a point to scratch TK, they've let Sam Moran lead warm-ups like for the guy that was clearly going to be scratched and then they only played sam five minutes one shift in the third by the way yeah one shift in the third tk's watching the game from the press box or wherever they have to be like i think that's that that's a pretty hefty like tk look like you're not even in the lineup tonight and you don't like you don't mean as much as you think you do the list this lineup like get it together because we're only playing your replacement five minutes that's a pretty strong message um so yeah like you said like none of us were really that upset about it we were kind of i would say annoyed uh about it but like i understood it's different than like the the hackstall years and this is the the really the only way i can lay it out is that when dave hackstall was scratching tk or ghost or whoever we never knew why and it felt very like almost like personal petty yeah yeah, like petty he just didn't like oscar Lindblom. he just didn't like tk he just didn't like ghost they didn't know why they all made comments that they didn't know why they were being scratched with av av did this last year i think he sat tk for a game or something like that or or someone he definitely was not he, he definitely employed this against a a player last year um with him i don't question that he's doing it for necessarily the wrong reasons. Do I think that you should ever take one of your best players out of the lineup? No. Yeah. But do I get what he was doing? Yeah. So that's why I wasn't like people were calling it a fireable offense and stuff. (laughs) Like, I mean, come on, just really relax.
2: Yeah. I I understand. There's, there's a couple of factors that play the first, obviously short and season, every game matters. And we're playing a team that we've historically not played well against. So the Mm -hmm. idea of taking one of your best players at the time, your leading scorer, out of the lineup is extremely confusing. Because I'm not really of the school of thought that, like, maybe scratch him for the first period. Not scratch him, but like sit him on the bench for the first period. Like, like Joe said, the fact that, like, it almost felt like charitable. Like, okay, we're gonna get Big Sam his like one game in the year against, like, Matt Martin, his apparent idol. And <laughs> and that's the thing, like Justin Braun gets touched on the refs briefly can Hot Tsizikas again, scumbag leaves his feet, bloody nose, no call. So the thankfully we can get a get past the if you insert so and so into the lineup, it prevents people from running around like idiots. It doesn't. Yeah, they did it anyway. They did it again tonight because that fourth line is just a bunch of scumbags. I mean, that's just how they play. Um, so, I mean, like Mike said, it, I wouldn't have done it personally. We know why he did it. TK looked to have a little jump in his step tonight. So it obviously kind of did the trick, I guess. I think he had a he post. He played a smarter game too, I think. Did he, did he hit a post today too, I want to say?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, on, off a rush in the end, of, uh, closer to the third, I think. Yeah. yeah,
2: so I definitely, like you said, I think he was more engaged. Um, and I mean... It is what it is. We got, like, again, it doesn't matter. They don't ask how. They ask how many. And right now we're 7-2-1. We are able to get the win without him in the lineup. And we were able to get the win with him in the lineup tonight. So
0: Plus, it's in like, the past. Do, do you guys, I, like, because this this is kind of where I am on specifically this back-to-back series this weekend. Like, I, well, none of us were excited for this series. No. None of us. We, I mean, I, I can't think of a single fan that was, like, like chomping at the bit for, like, yeah, this is the revenge tour against the Islanders. No. No one mm-hmm. thought that it was going to go, like, any sort. Like, there was nothing to base that off
2: of. Especially the way we were now, playing. Now,
0: exactly, yeah. So, having played this series, coming off two wins against the Devils that weren't pretty. The one Devils game was not atrocious. The second one was pretty bad. They got doubled up in shots or whatever. <laughs> but uh, coming, coming off those two wins and then, you know given the way they won they didn't look great they look they had one good period against them in the game one but they still won and then in this game overall they looked much better and were probably the better team probably i think like i'll take that i will definitely take that like it, they it, the, neither game should have gone to overtime but i'll take two wins against the islanders that's that's kind of where i am especially in the second game looking the the way they did i guess <laughs>
1: especially because we have such a hard time playing the Islanders we have for the last yeah. couple years, you know, this is, um, it's, you know, and it happens all the time teams for whatever reason, they have your number for a couple years and then you end up having like the caps Think think yeah. about for, for how, such a long time, you know, they, they kicking, <laughs> kicking us in the teeth for the last, I want to say four years now, three years we've, we've been really good against them. So, um, just kind of how the pendulum swings and I'll take two wins against the Islanders. Um, uh, I will say this though they they have to just keep it simple, man. Especially early on in the game where they're just they're, they're they're extra pass, extra pass, extra pass so often just and even Jim Jackson was like, you know what? It would help if you got a shot on that instead of making that extra pass because they're just they're playing like a team that like they're I don't want to say like they're the Harlem Globetrotters or anything, but they're trying passes that a team that you can make when you've got great chemistry and things are going really well. But this is a team that's struggling in their own zone, struggling in the neutral zone and the offensive zone, struggling in all three phases of play. Just keep it simple, get the shot, get a rebound, and just kind of go from there, um, especially against an Islanders team, man, where they 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 do a really good job on the forecheck. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad we got the wins. Uh, Brian Elliott, by the way, again, very sharp. Uh, I know, you know, a lot of goals. One of the goals was just luck. I mean, that first goal Pinged off the post and then right off the back of his skating in. There's not much you can do. Um the other goals, that that Barzell goal, um, really bad shot selection by Robert Haig to pound it off the boards all the way around. Poor communication on the back check. Nobody was just nobody was following Barzell. He was right there. So not much Brian Elliott can do on that one either. Um and he had that huge save in overtime with Mayfield yeah. walking in alone.
0: That was an amazing um, save.
1: Yeah, huge save. And Flyers literally scored, what, 15 seconds later? Um, and Kevin Hayes, that signing continues to pay dividends. Um, like you said, Matt, a lot of people were joking that we overpaid. We overpaid. All right. We overpaid by 500 grand. Um, but he has shown to be the clutchest Flyers player for me since, I don't know, He's Danny He's playing like first line center right now,
0: basically. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, it's... And, and
1: the goal, he scores such timely goals, mm-hmm. um, that he reminds the only like I said, the only other Flyer that scores that I can remember scoring timely, timely goals was Danny Breer. And they're two completely different players. I mean, yeah. you couldn't be further from each other. But, um, hey, man, I'll take it. Um, that, that signing continues to to pay dividends. Like I said, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Um, and as the team as a whole, I agree with you, Mike, this game was much better. Um, the first period, you know, not the best, but they, they got out of it and they kind of started to find their footing throughout and the refs didn't help um, you know, every every time they start to build some momentum, I feel like they get a call against them and they lose everything. So, yeah, um, that they have real
0: it is. sustained offensive zone pressure in this game for like for like not just one good shift by a line, like one shift, one line would have a good shift, and then the next line would come out and they'd have a good shift. I thought they were really building. This is like the first game we've really seen the AV forechecks like do its magic, I guess. Mm. Um, so that that's kind of what was more encouraging to me. It seems like. The defensive end, I don't know. They're they're figuring it out still. The neutral zone has been good and bad, um, but the offensive zone—if they can really put it together in there—because you're establishing your forecheck goes a long way in easing up your defense and getting. So it it kind of works both ways. So I don't know. That that's they're on a four-game win streak and they're seven-two and one, and they've got Boston this week. And <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know what else you can say about it.
1: I think it's a good time to pivot. Any, any last thoughts on the Islanders before we go to Boston?
2: No, 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 no. I,
1: uh, I'll say this: Elias um, I thought he was pretty good, but clearly that scouting report on his uh, high blocker side was uh, was evident because they were even on the rushes. They yeah. they were shooting high blocker side every single chance they had. Um, even yeah. when they were just you know TK, I think he hit one off the bar um
2: Hayes had two thing. Hayes yeah. yeah
1: they're they're all go and even the winning goal was the same thing it was blocker yep. side so um the scatter report on that kid is out I, I thought he actually played a pretty good game but he had some um,
0: really athletic saves like the yes. Flyers could have added a couple in the third the Jake they could have to, won
2: the Patty the G1 that was an rail save beautiful, beautiful that was player. a great save
1: yeah um, but all right let's move on to Boston um one would think that the Flyers are, are going to be Looking to avenge that six-one blowout loss, just a, uh, what was that? Two weeks ago? A week ago?
0: Yeah, a week ago.
1: Week Oh my god!
0: About a week ago.
2: You guys remember um, that song? My <laughs> god! Wow! Wow! They're okay. they're gonna have to be coming out to that to that song for, uh, for warm up. To Mike's for rendition <laughs> of it, though, not to the to remind song.
0: themselves.
1: Mike has to sing it. Um, <laughs> but what what are you guys looking for in this in this rematch? Obviously. The first game, uh, the Flyers were playing pretty well. They had a lead, and the third period was just a barrage of goals. And you know, Rask stood on his head in overtime. Game two oof, was tough to watch. Um, what, what are you guys hoping for in this in this mini rematch we have coming up here?
2: I think. Um, I mean, the biggest the biggest thing to consider is Pasta's back. So. They're oh, shit. <laughs> son of a bitch. They're no longer down the, the Rocket Richard Trophy winner from last season. Um, that's going to mean staying disciplined, staying out of the box, because when he's on the ice and he's on that, I guess, what is it, the left wall on the power play, I think he's a righty. I mean, he's he's lethal. So staying disciplined, especially after giving up six or having to kill six penalties tonight, Definitely have to consider that. Hopefully, we just get some better refereeing. Um, And like you said, it really just comes down to I think think G's done a good job of having him himself and then the team as well responding when we needed to. So far this season, I think, like you mentioned, it was an inflection point going into the week, right? And if you asked us in the beginning of the week, hey, would you take four wins against pretty much sweeping both teams? I think we would say yes. So I think, and I want to say we're at another inflection point, but I think this is really just an opportunity for us to um, build on the first period in the first Islanders game and then probably the closest that we've had to uh, complete an air quotes game tonight. Um, so I'm excited for them. I, I really just want to see them, like you mentioned, respond after that trouncing. And they play a similar yeah. style. I mean, that fourth line for the Boston, you can draw parallels. I think he's parallel.
1: He's been having a, a couple goals, and um, Colin Wilson, also a player that just throws everything on net. Flyers could learn a thing or two about uh, about shooting from
2: that guy. Yeah, he's a good pickup for them. But go ahead, Mike. Sorry.
0: No, you're good. Um, yeah, I was I, I was gonna echo that the that Bruins team it, it is like they don't play the same system as the Islanders, but they get away with the same interference plays that the Islanders <laughs> do. They lo- I mean we already saw that this season. The Bruins love using those pick plays in the offensive zone, which are, I mean, completely illegal, so, but just go uncalled every time, um, so, yeah, Flyers gotta be, gotta be ready for, you have to play a smart game, because the refs are gonna find ways to call penalties on you, so don't give them any extra ammo, and then, on the the power play, too, we didn't really touch on that, they got one when it mattered tonight, in overtime, but, uh, when you have a 5 on 3 and you're rimming the puck like,
2: around the boards yeah. nonstop oh my
0: god yeah <sighs> you, you, you got to make that count and especially against the bruins the bruins have i think they have a 5 on 3 shorthanded goal this year maybe um, but they they've got a couple shorties already Marchand has two i think at least you got to keep your keep your head on a swivel swivel um i think Trevor has been better at handling the puck at the, the point this season so far um you got You got to be aware of that against this team. And then, yeah, yeah they, they struggled with this last year early on in the season, like holding leads with AV. They were, they actually they had that game against the Islanders where they blew the three goal lead in the third period. They did a similar thing against the Flames early on in the season. So I'm hoping that return that you know that part of their game, closing games out, comes back to them. But yeah, you cannot cannot get into like a little track meet with the bruins like you did in the the first game of that series last week you just can't do that because the bruins are one of the teams in the league that can match the flyers offense on a when the flyers are on a good night flyers haven't had a lot of good nights recently so uh you don't want to go shot for shot with them i don't think you gotta they they honestly have to do what they did tonight get in the offensive zone and just start going to work i you know i was really encouraged by that so and also, I would like Gustafsson to draw back and <laughs> I know, I know he was terrible against the Bruins in that segment. Oh game. Oh, my God. But hey does everything Gustafsson does wrong in the defensive zone and then also can't do anything right in the Often. offensive zone. Yeah. So I'd rather just have Gustafsson
2: I Honestly, I'd rather have Friedman in. Jesus. I mean, right? Like that. I think that's a good way to segment into what uh, we plan on talking about at the end here. Oh, do we, yeah. Do yeah. we want to go into our armchair GM mode here and talk about what can Chucky Fletcher do about this yep. bottom pair.
1: I think, I think it's, it's a good time to segue into it. Let's um, I came up with just this quick, quick game. We, the three of us have assumed the role of Chuck Fletcher. Obviously you have all the assets at your disposal. The flyers have to trade for a defenseman, any defenseman in the league to help this clearly struggling top four. Who do you trade for? What do you give up and why? Or as Michel Terrien would say, pourquoi? Let's go to you first, man.
2: I, I don't know if it necessarily needs to be a top four player. I mean, that would be nice. The, the issue I have, and I think Mike and I have touch, touched on this a number of times, is going into the expansion draft, do you want to give up a lot of assets to potentially lose someone or then again have to give up additional assets just to retain him? Um, without really knowing who Seattle wants to take, who's going to be exposed from our roster. Mm. Um but oh man. Mike, if you have someone off the top of your head, I, I might need to take a second here. Um, uh,
0: no, I this is it's tough, right? Because like who who would I who would I most want the Flyers to bring into this defense? I mean like Shea Theodore or someone like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, but those those type of guys aren't available. Like Joe, you brought up OEL uh off or before we started recording. You know, OEL is one of those top tier ish guys or like below like right below the top tier, but he's super pricey and I don't even know if he's
2: he's completely what the team needs. Like so I how know about, speaking of the have, Yodis, how about Nicholas Jalmerson?
0: I would be one hundred percent in on that. That's a great name actually. So I got I
1: got another name. Okay. Not not OEL. Uh it's one that the Flyers were linked to in the off season because of Chuck's ties. Matt Dumba. I'm surprised you guys yeah. didn't say Matt Dumbo. That's another one. I take I've heard Matt Dumbo. A lot.
2: Yeah, it all the like you said. It just depends on the price tag. I mean, even
1: only thing with Jalmerson is isn't he a bit a bit slow?
2: I mean, the way I look at it, right, is like if you trade them back, Justin Brown, and it can't get worse. It really can't. Like
1: <laughs> I wouldn't want to give. I mean, well, here. So all right. So Matt Jalmerson's your guy. Orchestrate to trade. What are you sending? I'm looking. To the I'm looking it
2: up right now to see kind of what what cap we're working with. So.
1: I'll, I'll pull up Dumbas.
2: The problem is it, it works into to the fact that, well, one, they would probably have to retain 50%, because it looks like he makes um, $5 million this year. He's 33 years old. Um, so I honestly, without knowing if trading Braun would impact us in a way for the expansion that we can't essentially have, because I know we need to have a certain number of players sign through this next year, if we didn't have to consider that, I would not be shocked if we could simply just do an exchange of Nicholas johnmerson and maybe like a sixth or a seventh and they retain 50%. I mean, I don't really see why. I mean, I'm assuming unless he has some type of tie to the organization, like he might want to go cup chasing again. I don't know. As a bottom pair D-man, what do, you, what do you guys think? Do you think that gets done?
1: A, a, sixth, uh, a sixth or seventh round pick, and then what was you, they would have, They would
2: have to retain 50% of the salary to bring it down to 2.5, I'm assuming. Um, and then you're saying maybe even like a fifth or a sixth, and then you just give them Justin Braun or Eric Gustafson, one or the two.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I if I'm the GM for Arizona, I don't want either of those defensemen, To be honest with you, I would I would ask for a higher pick. I would say, give me a, a third. Well, even
2: even Hague. I mean, you're not going to. Yeah, right. I, I would do like Hague in a third. Hague, uh. Hague's younger. So they can, I mean, there it is. There it, it is. There it is. <laughs> Hague in a third. <laughs> well, no, I mean the thing is though he's, again, I have to look up his his analytics, but I don't think he's he's just defensemen who they're like oh i mean if you want him from us like is is he a, is he a top four d man for them he, he i guess does he log is. a lot
0: of minutes for them yeah. i will say that like he he probably averages
2: about oh, 17 I didn't, re- so. I didn't realize oliver ekman larson's hurt so it's alex golgowski and oh, yeah. chikarin
0: so they're not they're not making any trades anyway, yeah i mean soon.
2: i guess scratch that but i mean that's the style of player like like I mentioned in a previous episode, like an Ian Cole before the injury to Myers would have been the perfect fit. They gave up yeah. nothing to get him, but uh, the Wild did. It was a great pattern. So we could have easily given mm-hmm. the equivalent of a Justin Braun or a Robert Haig in, in return for him. I think he's a good fix. I, I don't really foresee us without knowing who we're going to lose in the expansion draft, giving up a bunch of assets to get someone who then we're not going to protect four defensemen so i I don't know, I think if they make a move it's it's really just gonna be for someone to sure up that 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 last pair, that third pair.
0: part of the problem is too, we're in that point in the season where like no one's moving anybody unless they're asking to be moved or the the situation's becoming well, you know like, I'm also so an idiot like,
2: we We didn't even touch on the fact who are the two people that have been I, that's what I was just about to say
0: like so you can the, bring those, up those names. the only two yeah, the only two players that really fit that are Vince Dunn and Victor Matei. And those are, I mean, those are two guys that probably feel close to what the Flyers are looking for. Like, they're both decently mobile. Uh, Mate plays with a decent snarl. We saw that against the the Canadiens. I I always thought he was more offensively gifted, but, I mean, I think he he was without a shot through, like, the first five games of that series last year. But he made himself known in, in other ways, so... Those are two guys that I think the team could look into. Um, the Yandel noise has kind of died down since he's gotten back in the lineup. And again, he's played that's a more offensive prone guy who... We don't need Maybe that. that's a guy you... Yeah, you don't need that. And then I think he's a guy that you would even like look for at the deadline or something if his contract was like a one or two year contract, but he's on that three year deal. So yeah, I think Vince Dunn and, and Victor Matei, not just because they're the guys who have been asking for trades, but they fit kind of what the Flyers are looking for. They're both younger as well. So, What do you think it takes to it, get either one of them? That's the thing. It, Vince Dunn, the, what was the rumor? A first would have to be involved. I I mean, I don't know if you're giving up a first-round pick for I've Vince never
1: Dunn. heard of him.
0: I mean, never he's, heard he's, of him. He's, he's, he's a good got, defenseman. Yeah, he's got pedigree, or draft pedigree at least. Um, Victor Matej, I mean, I feel like you could get him, especially because... Now Mark Bergman is just lying about the fact that he hasn't asked for a
2: trade when in reality he has like that situation is going to get Didn't his agent come
1: quick. out and is like my client would like a trade from Well the both of their but
2: clients they, are Vince's his his yeah. agent is the same agent for Vince Dunn and Matei. so yeah. yeah, he's he's confirmed.
0: Yeah, I I think I think both of those guys fit um analytically they're both really good. Well, Vince Dunn's good at least analytically. Um they both have a little bit of offensive flair to them. Yeah, they're both good analytically. Both both on the plus side of, of 50% for their Corsi. Um, Victor can't,
2: has... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Matt. No, no just, you're good. I was just saying, it literally just can't get worse. Like I think the way I look at it is like both of those players are such obvious upgrades over what we're watching. And I would really just love to see if that could be the turning point for this team. If you inject a player like that, and we're not spending, like, periods trying to get out of our own zone, I really do feel as that's a trickle-down effect on the rest of the team and how they play. So, yeah, if, I'm hoping if you're Chuck running, does something.
0: If you're running Provorov, Ghost, Sanheim, Myers, and then Friedman, Matei, or Friedman, Dunn, or even, honestly, even Braun, Dunn, or something like that, like, that is infinitely better than what you're looking at right now. And... I, I, you know, Chuck has been pretty active since he's been GM of this team. So I don't think he's like just standing by idle, being like, nope, yeah, nothing, nothing wrong here. Like, I think, I think they're looking to do something. So what do you think, Joseph? Here's hoping.
1: No, I, I think the expansion draft is probably the biggest domino that's in the way of them probably making a move just because like you said, I mean, if you trade for like a Matt Dumba or an OEL or a bigger name. I mean, they're gonna have a no move more than likely and I looked Dumba has a no move starting uh, next year um, and you would so, protect
0: those guys anyway because of the assets that you would need to correct would you'd
1: them, give up so. and it would make no sense so man maybe you guys are right and they go for uh, a, a lesser name player I was just looking as you guys were talking around in, in the league um, and I went obviously tough to get an in division trade so I went out west um, worst team in the west right now is the flames. Um, I thought I guess I'm wrong, but I thought Travis Hamnick was playing for them. Am I wrong? Does he play for the Canucks now? Maybe it's the Canucks, but
2: no, because I remember he did sign with a team out west. Because that was kind of the whole point yeah. of him moving away from the Islanders is to be yeah. Close he's to right. he's and on and the way.
0: Canucks. He's on the Canucks right now. The Canucks aren't good either, though. So yeah. yeah
1: so maybe maybe something like that. Where I mean, I, I would do I would do a first for Travis Hamnick you don't think so is he falling off know. a cliff since going out there i think I mean, he I only signed
2: like, like a million dollar deal with the canucks so. oh geez okay So he might be yeah. he is not good and the problem and is too he's not going to want to come out east yeah because of the family yeah. thing and i think the general mm-hmm. managers have been pretty kind of aware and understanding of that yeah. fact so i mean in theory do i like the dynamic that you're trying to bring and add to that bottom pair 100%. He adds some st- that snarl that we lack. So I still... the I interest this-
1: you in a Braden Coburn out of Ottawa?
2: <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, thank you. I've been uh, there, done
0: that. <laughs> there's a lot there. I mean,
1: because Ottawa has, because they're, they're obviously, you know, bottom of the bottom of the North Division. Bottom of the barrel. You've got Eric Goodbranson. You've got Nikita Zaitsev. Um,
0: Zaitsev has, has some term and contract on him, though. Like yeah. That he's not worth it. Um,
1: yeah. mike riley was that Morgan not Riley's sure why you're throwing twin? these names
0: around here to be honest <laughs> this, this i'm is... looking
1: at teams that are not good and have defensemen that could uh, be expendable because I don't, I don't know why you go to why would you go to a, a good team they're probably not looking to deal right now
0: well that's the whole thing though that's what we're saying like no team's moving anybody right now except for the guys who want to be moved so like your your pull really is like done mate and then maybe Keith the so I mean so and those game. are pretty good players though uh, yeah, like, I, mean, I will he, say there could be That's... worse
2: names I mean the other the other one that was interesting is J- Julius Hanka from Dallas Yeah yeah I saw he that. want he well, wants Cowboys Yeah so I don't I don't know what the issue is there I it just and like Mike said I'm not I'm not saying that Chuck Fletcher is not actively looking to make moves because he's been he's been active but mm. I guess, like, I just, I struggle to see how you watch that night after night so far. Again, small sample size, but when you combine it with the playoffs, is it a small sample size? That's where it becomes, that's where it starts to get a little worrisome, Um, and the obvious regression of Braun and Haig that we've beat to death, so.
0: I think it it is fair, though, and I, this is not how I see it at all, I mean, we're, the three of us are in agreement on what we think of, like, Robert Haig and Justin Braun, but I think if you're if you're being fair, if you're gonna say okay through ten games this team hasn't played its best, we've seen flashes of it of what they can do, and you're like we just got to keep keep going, keep bearing down and whatever. You've got to extend that to everybody. Like may, like the the thought process might be hey Hagen Braun actually were good at limiting high danger chances last year, and they were decent for the Flyers, especially down the stretch last year. They're gonna figure it out too. Maybe maybe they're trying to be fair and doing that at least in the short term. I hope that they're being more, you know, serious about looking at other options. But I guess I guess if you're being fair, you you gotta you gotta extend that courtesy to every player. The problem is we know that Robert Hague is not a good player historically. So
2: yeah, I mean that that in my opinion would just be, and your line of thinking is correct. I mean that, that's probably what they're gonna do. They're hoping. For the ease of not having to make a move, they'll play their way. They'll play their way out of it the way the team has, but that's not happening.
0: What What do we say to the guys? at The tip of the iceberg. Those bad players that are look bad, bad on the ice, they think. are as bad as you think.
2: Yep, <laughs> I and, can't uh, believe we're
0: dealing with that right now.
2: Yeah, we have. I mean, geez I mean, analytically speaking, like Robert Hag is a Cody CC. Yeah, he's.
1: I would still rather have Robert Hag than Cody Cece.
2: For, for yeah, all that's worth. Yeah, I think locker room presence wise, maybe. But yeah. Geez. Oh,
1: speaking of locker room, let's just let's go balls to the wall. Oh. Claim Tony D'Angelo. Let's sink our <laughs> ship now. <Jeez.
0: laughs> that would that would
1: Philly boy comes home ruins ruins cup chance. I can see. I don't the, know
0: if uh, I could. I would probably just like the Rangers made him take a, a couple weeks off Twitter uh <laughs> this summer I think no, it wasn't him a... it wasn't
1: him running the burner it was <laughs> a cousin
0: i think i'd have to take a couple weeks off from the team if uh if that happened i mean my goodness who who in the flyers locker room would uh punch him in the face jake 100 jake, jake would that's drop a that's him. a good pick that's a good pick
1: or or fucking scott lawton uh, part-time yeah yeah, killer. yeah yeah
0: scott Matt, the, 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 he he is hard Matt, who do you think that. come on you gotta throw a name out there
2: for what a punch! Ah, uh, no comment. <laughs> Absolutely no comment. Fair
0: enough. Fair enough.
1: All right. Anything else, boys? Before we wrap up, I think that's a
2: good good place to, to stop for uh, for this episode. No, I'm I'm actually, do I dare say, excited to see what the Flyers will bring us in this uh, this Bruins series because I really think it's going to be. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to give us a real look into the team and what we can expect for the rest of the season. In my opinion i agree you, you know agree? this
0: is this is like this is this is like a me- measuring stick game you're four wins in a row you took care of business against the devils wasn't always pretty you got two big wins against the islanders the process was really good in four out of the six periods you're the better team tonight i mean you've got your best lineup in right now i or take a robert haig and garrett gustafson yeah um this is it, like no, I don't, this it's not it, this but is this it. is the time. No, nope, This is it. This is end it. Mike po- said it. The if the Flyers
1: lose this game, they are done. They are over. No,
0: this is this is where you turn the corner. No, remember, I said fifteen games. I give them 15, fifteen games. Fifteen games.
1: <laughs> uh, nah, I I agree with both of you guys. Um, I don't know if I'm excited. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm t- I'm trepidatious about what is coming down the pike.
0: Got to bring out the SAT uh, SAT prep book for that
2: one, Joe. That's
1: 50-cent words. You know how I roll. You know how I roll. (laughs) Um, But the Flyers do continue to take, you know, these baby steps and improve on a lot of these issues. The season's young. Like you said, Mike, you know, 15 games, not even. Uh, But they don't have a ton of time to figure this stuff out. It's not a regular season. Um, The defense especially has to either kind of come together or like we were just throwing around, maybe a deal has to happen to kind of – help the struggling decor out. Uh, The road doesn't get easier. Boston, right around the corner. They gave the Flyers fits last time. Um, Join us Thursday. We're going to recap another great week in the never-ending saga of Flyers hockey. Have a great week, everybody. Take care.